0: Chapter 2 of Shen of the Sea A book for children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Vunei Mana Shen of the Sea A book for children by Arthur Boyi Christman. Chapter 2 Shen of the Sea Kuahai city stands on a plain in northern China the plain is called Wotan and it is very smooth and fertile giving many large melons life there is good the plain is likewise extremely low any reliable geography will tell you that kuahai is below sea level and that i know is a fact for I, lazily seated in my garden, have often gazed at sailing ships, large-eyed, wide-staring-eyed junks, as they fetched into the bay of the sharp-horned moon, and to view them I had to raise my eyes. It is very true. I had to look up, as one looks up, to behold the sky-hung eagles of low fare. I had as often wondered, If the sea ever broke through its restraining walls and flooded Kuahai, a storm coming down from the northeast would most likely thrust billows to overtop the wall. So I said to my gardener, Wu Cheng, Wu Cheng, did fishes ever swim up the street of a thousand singing dragons? Did the sea ever come into Kuahai? Wu Cheng, paused in his scratching among the hunglopo, the radishes. Since thinking it over, I am inclined to believe that he welcomed an opportunity to change from the working of his fingers to the working of his tongue. Once and once only, Honorable One, has the sea invaded Kuahai, but it can never do so again. Checheng was fooled once, but he was far too clever to be fooled twice he buried the bottle perhaps in this very garden for who knows he buried it so deep that no ordinary digging shall discover it and so the sea may look over the walls of kuahai but it may not enter indeed said i and pray who was this Che Chunk, and what was in the bottle Such astounding ignorance gained me a look of compassion from old Wu Cheng. The Honorable One is surely jesting. He, of course, knows that Che Cheng was the first king of Wotan. Oh, to be sure, I interrupted. It was Che Cheng who invented hum er radishes. That was a guess and a miss. Wu Cheng corrected me not radishes but writing a mistaken thing to do in my opinion but beyond doubt he did a great service when he bottled the water demons ho 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 he bottled the demons as if they were melon pickles ho 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 sit here in the shade wu chang said i so che chang pickled the water demons and then what not pickled, honourable one, bottled. chechen bottled the demons. Ho, ho, ho! You must understand that in those days, the plain hereabouts was much lower than it is now. It had not been built up, and the sea was much higher in those days. For then, there were no heavy ships to weigh down and flatten it. The sea was very high then a days, far too high for its breadth. On every side, the land held it back, and it was retarded and had no freedom of motion. So, the shen, the demons of the sea, got them together and took thought. They said, Our sea is far too small. We must have more room. We are mighty, are we not? Then let us take some land and occupy it, so that our sea may expand. Accordingly, the water demons swam along the coast, seeking land to conquer. They passed the shores of Fusang without stopping, for that region is high and mountainous. They passed the region of San Shan, for in that place lives the powerful land demon named Hukung. The water demons were in no great haste to gain Kang's hatred they passed without a second glance. But when the shen swam up to Kuahai, it was to rejoice. The demons looked over the wall. They smiled down upon Kuahai and said, This land we shall take for our beloved sea. It is low and suited to our purpose. Rightfully, it is ours. Yes, we shall take Kuahai and all the vast plain hereabout. But the ocean demons, were possessed of decency. They did not dash over the walls, calling on their sea to follow, and so drown all the people of Kuahai. Demons though they be, the Shen that time had mercy in their hearts. While the night dew lay upon the fields of Watan, those demons, to the number of seven, made their way into Kuahai. There they waited in the garden of the palace. When King Chi-Chung, who ruled over Watan, took him to the garden for an early morning stroll, he discovered the demons waiting. He knew at once they were no ordinary men. Not once did they kowtow, knock their heads on the ground, as men should do, nor did they look like the men of Watan. Their mouths were wide mouths, like those of codfishes. Their bodies were covered with iridescent scales. Nevertheless, Che permitted permitted Shen to approach. What manner of men are you? asked the king. And what is your pleasure? We are the Shen, demons of the sea, answered the seven. We are Shen of the ocean, and we come to claim our own. And what is that? asked the king, smiling tolerantly upon them though in truth he felt more like weeping for he knew what would be the answer we have come to possess ourselves of the city and all the low plain that surrounds it it is our right and our might we mean to have it then che chang's heart dropped down to a level with his sandals his heart was weighted as if with millstones as if weighted with mount Tai long he stroked his beard pondering grieving praying and the water demons danced in the dew jubilant were they flinging their toes high spattering dewdrops upon the palace roof and singing the terrible song of the ocean finally the king answered shen said he what time do you grant me kuahai is a large city In it are half a million souls. It will be moons and moons before I can count my people safely upon the mountain of the yellow ox. One of the demons was shaking a paishu, shaking a cypress tree, so that its dew fell upon him and upon his companions. For already the sun was up and they were beginning to feel the day and its dryness. What time? said the shen. Taking his answer from the shu We shall give you until this tree is in flower. Have all your people gathered upon high ground when this shu blossoms. For it that time we shall lead the sea upon Wotan, and the sea shall stand three-lead deep above your palace. That is our answer. And now we must go, for the sun has lit his fire. Then the Shen made a move as if to depart. But no sooner were they out of the shadows than they halted abruptly, murmuring in displeasure and small wonder. The sun had dispelled the dew and there was no moisture upon the land. A water cannot exist where there is no moisture. In that respect, he is like the Yin-Yu and the Shi-Pan So, The shen turned to Che Chung and said, Is there water here, O king, where we may spend the day hours? There is little, said Che Chung. I dare say too little for your purpose, but in such quantity as it is, you are welcome. He pointed to a crystal bowl in which burgeoned a sacred lily. There was water in the bowl, water surrounding the lily bulb. Two, there were stones in the bowl, Blue lapis lazuli and green zade and yellow topaz, precious stones as befitted a palace guard. For that is the way sacred lilies are grown in bowls filled with water and pretty pebbles. You are quite welcome to it," retorted the king. The Shen shook their heads, half in despair. "It is too little," groaned they. "Far too little." But said Che Chang. You are demons, hence magicians. Why do you not make yourself smaller? Why not change yourselves into red hung paushi and recline in the bowl amid the lily roots? I am sure you would make handsome rubies. Beyond a doubt, my courtiers would say, Ah, and how lovely, and admire you greatly when they saw you. Of a certainty, you would make replescendant gems dazzling and superb. Well, agreed the shen, somewhat dubiously. We shall try it. If you have no more water, it is the only thing we can do. And so, in a twinkling, the shen were gone, and seven beautiful rubies appeared in the crystal ball. How lovely, said Chae Chung, and deliberately winked at the cypress tree first with one eye, and then with the other. He went to a cabinet that stood in his chamber, and from the cabinet took a bottle fashioned out of feiyu, a cloudy jade, and the bottle had a wide mouth. Into it, Che Cheng poured water. Returning to the lily bowl, he quickly took therefrom the seven red hung paoshi, and dropped them into the jade bottle, closing the mouth securely. Now, exulted the king, my city is saved. My people may walk in security and without fear. The seven water demons are in my keeping, and please heaven, may they never escape my hand. And in his joy, King Che Chung ordered that ten thousand catties of rice be given to the poor. Weeks lengthened into months, lengthened the months to years, still languished the water demons in the clouded jade bottle, still broke the sea on Kuahai's walls, but did not enter. Che Chang added to his kingdom, and ruled with beneficence. His name was heralded throughout the length of the world, not by the spear, but by wisdom, he added to his dominions, People of far-distant regions came seeking to place themselves under the rule of Chechang, wisest and best. At length came ambassadors from Chou, yes, even from distant Kaupai, offering to give their allegiance to Chechang. Ah, but that was a great day, a day of all proud days. The ambassadors were a hundred for number, haughty mandarins all. There was a great stir about the palace. You may well believe retainers rushing hither and thither to provide food and drink and entertainment for the foreign great men. A foolish servant, ransacking cupboard and closet for victuals and drink he could find, came upon the dusty jade bottle that stood in che chung's cabinet ah said the servant trying to peer through the cloudy jade beyond a doubt here is something of rare excellence this will do for the highest of mandarins for the red button mandarins with peacock feathers it rattles rock candy in it and the foolish one removed the stopper a thousand pities he was not stricken dead before the seal was broken Che Chang came into the chamber and saw what had happened. For a moment, he was stunned. Then, let me have the bottle. The bottle was empty, all save for a bit of water. They are gone, said the king. The shen have escaped. But even so, I may baffle them, for they promised with binding oaths not to take my kingdom until the Paishu blossoms. And in this region, The cypress tree never blossoms. It never comes into flower. The king smiled in spite of himself. Meanwhile, the water demons, having escaped from the bottle, hastened through the palace towards the garden. They were very angry, were those demons, gnashing their teeth with a noise like that of waves lashing a rock-guarded coast. They were determined on vengeance. The wei Chow ambassadors were encamped in the palace garden. Their servants had been washing garments, brilliant-hued garments, such as the wealthy and noble of that land wear. The garments had been hung on the cypress tree to dry, and there the garments hung when the water demons appeared. The tree was aflame with color. Instantly, the Shen raised a great shout, come below come ocean they shouted in triumph the pie shoe blossoms the cypress tree blooms for they thought the garments were flowers and our promises ended kuahai is ours fathoms deep roaring grinding relentless the sea swept over kuahai buried the city buried the plain the water demons raced before it calling it on They who had been the people of Kuahai, roared upon white-crested billows, without life, drowned. Out of all the vast population, perhaps a thousand escaped, and among those who escaped was the king. Checheng sat under a pine tree on the mountain, grief-stricken, heartbroken, gazing upon what had been a city and now was sparkling sea. Hour after hour, said the king, grieving and thinking, meditating a way to regain his country. Now and then the seven water demons appeared before him, mocking, splashing him with spray. One day, having meditated long, Cheg arose and shouted exultantly, I have it! I know how I shall regain my city. I shall go immediately and put the plan in writing while it is fresh in my mind. Having said, he walked to the little hut that served for his palace and sat down at a table to write. On the table stood a crystal bowl with a lily and with green, blue, and yellow stones. Checheng sat writing meaningless stuff upon parchment. All the while, he kept an eye on the crystal bowl. Lo! There appeared seven red stones at the root of the lily. The demons had come to spy upon the king's writing. They had come to learn his plan and so triumph over him. But they unwittingly were giving themselves into bondage again. For Che Cheng quickly thrust them into a bottle and sealed it against all escape. Six of the demons he thus imprisoned. The seventh, who was a small fellow, Che Cheng threw back into the sea. Go, said the king and take your sea with you. Take your sea and never trouble me again. Else I shall most certainly destroy your six brothers. It is a warning. So, the seventh demon sped away, taking the sea with him. Then did Che Chang descend to Kuahai and build up the city, people coming in from far countries, Once more the city was inhabited, and the land was more rich by reason of its flooding. And the six Shen, the six water demons, are buried deep in a jade bottle, perhaps under this very garden. End of chapter 2